Honey, this is Neptunia, and you're listening to the St. Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. Don't forget to not use the ocean for your garbage dump, because if you do, I won't get mad. I'll get furious! Member of Team Justice Duck signing out. Blatherin Blatherskite, or should I say, Keen Gear. Welcome to the St. Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. I'm your host, Mike Russo, and... Tiffany Silverbron. Hey, Tiff. <laughs> hey. Well, one thing our listeners need to know right now, uh, me and Tiffany have pretty much been BSing about cartoons for about an hour. <laughs> so, so we're in a pretty high mood right now. Um... Which is good. That's actually a good place to be, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> um, I heard from Will, who's been paying attention to our analytics, that um, people are enjoying us together, and I'm really happy for that. Yeah. Yeah, I know you love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been great so far. It's only a few episodes in, but um, this has been fun, and um, I'm glad people are enjoying um, just the new dynamic here. Um we miss Will, of course. I know he misses being on, but I know he's gotten a few more clients and he's gotten even busier. Um, but we will hear him again soon, won't we? Yeah, we can have him as a guest. <laughs> we'll have him as a guest. He, we'll tell you straight out, he'll he'll be on for the annual because he's not going to miss Quacker Jack's big solo story. Um, but for now, but for now, um, Tiffany, how you been? Pretty good. Pretty good, pretty good. Me too. Um, bit of a bit of a sore throat. Um, not COVID. Knock on wood. Um, <laughs> it's amazing how lately I just keep getting sick for like every holiday weekend, but it's not been COVID, so I'm happy. Um, everybody okay at home with you, Tiffany? Yeah. Um, the girls got sick um, about a week ago, and same thing. wasn't COVID. None of us got sick, so skirted that. <laughs> well, that's good. My daughter right now is on a complete psychotic and canto um, obsession. Oh, yeah. She, they're obsessed with it, too. <laughs> I mean, I'll admit I like some of the songs. I've only seen the movie once, but songs are good. But, man, I just, if I have to hear, we don't talk about Bruno one more time, man. <laughs> <laughs> but she hasn't been into a Disney movie this much since Frozen 2 came out, so... I'll get. I'll give it to her. She can be as excited as she wants. My my wife loves it too. I I, I like how um, there's lots of representation in the film, and I've been hearing a lot of people are seeing themselves in the movie and are happy Disney is finally being a bit more diverse. So that's that's a good thing. That's not bad at all. I have yet to see it. <laughs> well, I want you to let me know what you think of it when you do see it. Um. So before we get into today's comic. Um, just like last week when we talked about what your favorite movies are, this is our way of letting the listeners get to know you better. Um, same question, but what are your favorite TV shows? Doesn't have to be animated or Disney. Whatever. I'd love to hear it. 
Um, I've got a lot of TV shows that I'm into. I'm a huge TV person. It's a little hard to narrow it down, but um, one of my all-time favorites is Tales from the Crypt. Ooh, the Crypt Keeper. Yep. <laughs> and I like Futurama. Well, and... I'm with you on that one. <laughs> and I guess if it's a newer show, I really like Walking Dead. Never seen Walking Dead, but newer newer TV really isn't my thing unless it really pushes the right buttons. And nothing really has in a while. So I'm a bigger fan of older shows. Um, I, I, I've heard work, Walking Dead's pretty amazing, though, so I'm not even going to slight it. It's just not my thing. I mean, I really like the whole... I like most zombie movies, so it would be pretty difficult for me to not like that show. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. Um, you had mentioned last week you like older horror, so I didn't know how far your interests go into the into the modern era, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's it's here and there with new stuff. It depends. I mean, Walking Dead can get um, can get artsy sometimes, so I think that's why I like it a little bit better than other things. Like, there's there are a bunch of zombie shows I'm not that into. Right. Like now, Z Nation. <laughs> I've heard of that. I haven't seen it though. Um, not, at home, not. a lot, a lot of the newer stuff we watch at home tends to be um, Food Network stuff. Um, a lot of the reality stuff, like The Amazing Race, and we love BattleBots. Oh yeah, <laughs> BattleBots is so much fun. <laughs> I love seeing robots just wail on each other. It's terrific. Have you, you seen met Baking Impossible? No, but we've watched Restaurant Impossible <laughs> with Robert Irvine. That guy is tough. I would not want him yelling at me. Um, going back to one of the shows you mentioned, you mentioned Futurama. Do you have a favorite character on Futurama? Um, Probably Bender. There, there we go. <laughs> Shut up, baby. I know it. <laughs> I mean, does anyone have a different answer than that? <laughs> Zoidberg. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> maybe hedonism bot i don't know <laughs> yeah. i actually um got someone a signed picture of hedonism bot by um maurice lamarche <laughs> you want to hear a funny quick little anecdote my father-in-law loves Sutorama. he had a shirt um it was just a white shirt with just it had text on it the text said i hate bottles that was the episode where Zoidberg accidentally breaks the professor's ship in a bottle and then writes on one of Fry's shirts, I hate bottles. <laughs> so we were going to go see John DiMaggio at the New York Comic Con a few years back. And my father-in-law gives me this shirt and says, take it to him and have him sign it. <laughs> and I'm thinking, but the subplot involved three Billy West characters. <laughs> So when I took it to John DiMaggio, I tried to explain what the episode was. He didn't remember it because he'd had nothing to do with that part of the plot, <laughs> but he still signed the shirt. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh, it was great. Um, I love that show, too. Um, of course, while we're talking about Matt Groening stuff, and I know I've mentioned it, my favorite show of all time Sorry, Darkwing Duck fans, it is The Simpsons. <laughs> if I need comfort food, if I'm not feeling good, if I can't sleep, The Simpsons goes on. What do Specific, you specifically se seasons one through eight. <laughs> but what, what was your question? 
What do you think of the later seasons? <laughs> I said seasons one through eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I've I've actually um I've had a lot of downtime since I have been sick on and off. I've tr- I've caught up with the current season just to see what it's like. I'm sorry, it is unwatchable. Yeah. And I'm going to I'm going to be frank. If Julie Kavner was a dog, I'd take her behind the barn and shoot her. <laughs> because retire, lady. You're you don't have a voice anymore. Yeah. Same thing with Harry Shearer. Like it's it's painful to listen to The Simpsons now. Like the show just needs to end, but our co- our overlords, Disney, is not gonna <laughs> let it happen. They're not gonna let it happen. Um, they they bought Fox so they could get a hold of The Simpsons partly, and they're never gonna let that show end. It's gonna take one of the cast members, the main cast members, dying for them to stop it. And even then, I don't know if they're gonna do it. But again, agree that like with the um the idea that the last or the ending of the good episodes was the principal and the pauper, or do you think it was something else? The principal and the pauper was an experiment. I don't think it deserves the hate it actually got. It's a failed experiment, but they meant well with it. Um, I think as soon as the new showrunner, Mike Scully, showed up, I think that's when the show changed. Um, I just ended at season eight because even though I like a couple of episodes in season nine, that's when you really see the change. Yeah. Um, I had a friend that said that, that the last good episode, I mean, the the episode that he hated that he thought was the end of the show was the, I think it was called the day the laughter died or something. Wait, is that what it was called? The day the violence died. That was the episode. I don't know if that's the one. That's the one where they, they find the (laughs) bum who created itchy and then itchy and scratchy. Not not, not that The poochy one. I'm getting, I'm getting confused. It's the one that's like a V like a behind the music or behind behind the laughter. That's season like 12. (laughs) I messed that up. <laughs> but it, you know what? If I absolutely had to have as late an end date as possible, I'll go with that one. And that episode actually ends with Homer saying, this will be the final season. Um, <laughs> but obviously it's been 33 seasons on and it's not going to end. And now they're doing these crazy shorts for Disney Plus where basically the Simpsons are just bowing down to their new owners. And it's just, it's really sad. I mean, I know we do a podcast on the Disney show. But I don't agree with every single one of their business decisions. <laughs> I mean, I'd be surprised if my family ever makes it back to Disney World with the prices the way they are now. And they're pricing out the middle class entirely. And it's very sad. So I'm not a shill for this company. I just really love their ducks. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Um, and listeners, me and Tiffany just had a whole half hour discussion about who's better, Donald Duck or Daffy Duck. So anybody <laughs> who's listening on our Facebook group or our YouTube, weigh in. I, we'd love to hear who you yes, prefer. I really um, love that. Because we had a really good discussion on this one where the highs, Daffy's highs are better than Donald's highs, but his lows are worse than Donald's lows. Um, so, but there's another duck we have to talk about before it gets too late here. Um, the duck in the mask and not the scarlet pumpernickel. <laughs> um, Darkwing. So we have to we have to move on to issue four of the Boom Studios Darkwing Duck comic. Obviously, The Duck Knight Returns Part Four, um, which came out September of 2010. That seems like an eternity ago. Um, we have three covers again. 
Uh, cover for A was James Silvani. What do you think of this one, Tiff? Um, I like it. It's it's pretty simple. It's got the fearsome four grabbing onto Darkwing's neck, um, and then Negaduck's hand looming above him. <laughs> it definitely, however, feels like one of those covers that was done without any knowledge of what the story was about, maybe, because obviously, yeah. again, Negaduck doesn't actually, he doesn't, he's not with these guys in this issue. Yeah, and there's a Quackworks logo in the back. But it's still very Darkwing Duck. Yeah. I like it, but I'm going to be honest with you, cover 4B is my favorite out of the three covers we're going to talk about today. Um, a simple design, uh, Darkwing, Launchpad, and Gosner are standing off to the side of the, of the bridge, like next to the water. Uh, Darkwing's got the gas gun out, Launchpad's pulling up his sleeve. This image has been reproduced a lot. It pops up on a lot of, I would say, probably a lot of a licensed merchandise. Why I love it is I just absolutely adore this artist. This is the first time we're going to see art by Sabrina Alberghetti, who gets these characters. Like, yeah, James Silvani's art is awesome. But this girl, like, clearly her favorite Darkwing Duck episodes were done in Australia because this absolutely looks like it. Thoughts? Yeah, it's pretty great. I really like the shadows on them, too. It's a beautiful finished cover. Like it's the only yeah. my only complaint is Goslin should be that like duckling yellow color. Mm, and yeah. she's not, but I'm not even gonna make a big deal about it. I, I doubt she colored it. Um, I will mention because we always have to mention what the artist has also done. She was an artist on the later seasons of Ed, Ed and Eddie. Which I know I was a little bit older when that show came out, but I think just visually, that is a wild show. Did you ever watch it? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I mean, it has an iffy start, but man, just the aesthetic of it in the later seasons, unbelievable. It was one of the last American television shows, like the last American television show that was painted on cells. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty amazing. And when that show ended is when I stopped watching Cartoon Network. Yeah, I love all those early Cartoon Network shows. So I definitely see her style in this cover. Uh, cover C, which, again, I don't have any cover Cs, was done by Amy Memberson again. Uh, Tiff, would you mind telling us what that cover looks like? This one is like an old Hollywood poster. <laughs> And um, it's got Darkwing, and it has the words Darkwing Duck on the right of him. And it ha you got Launchpad and Goslin running on the bottom of it. I was going to say bottom of the screen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure you're looking at it on your phone. Yeah. that's where I'm looking at it. I like how it says produced by Christopher Burns, who I don't know who that is. I should have looked that up. Screenplay by Ian Brill and directed by James Silvani. So it's definitely a movie poster. Yeah. That one, that one's cool. I actually like this one and cover B over cover A. If I had to pick my least favorite, it would be Silvani's, which is hard, which is hard to say because I, I love his art regardless. Um, but there we go with our three covers. I think we should get going with the plot. Spoiler warning, 
guys, me and Tiffany weren't really feeling this one. <laughs> right? Yep. There is something about it that after the buildup of the first three issues, something is going on here where it kind of falls flat. I don't know why. I don't know if I have all of my facts straight, but I don't see Aaron Sparrow's name in anywhere in the issue anymore. I feel like this is the first that we're starting to see Brill's voice come out. And how do you feel about it? Yeah, I'm, I'm not really a fan of this one either. I think the, there's nothing wrong with the art. No, absolutely not. Like, <laughs> oh, Silvani brought his A game to this to this issue. Absolutely. Yeah, it's. I don't know. Something's off with like the dialogue. Even weirdly, I don't know if you noticed this, but some of the the um the word bubbles are placed in weird places too, which is a weird thing to be off. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that too. It's. I don't know if this was a rush job or not. I mean, I don't know. Um, but still, it's still good. But I don't think it hits the heights of those first three issues. Um, I think we can save further critiques for when we need to, and especially for when we rate the issue. Um, that said, I think we should start talking about it. Uh, how does it start? So you Which see a giant satellite and the curvature of the earth and St. Canard underneath and um, Taurus Bulba is um, talking to the fearsome four and um, he's monologuing <laughs> he is monologuing yeah <laughs> and you see a increasingly angry Megavolt who is having his own inner monologue, which that's not really Megavolt to have yeah. an inner monologue. So right off the bat on the first page, I don't hear his voice in this dialogue. Like Megavolt wouldn't be talking to himself. There's a lot of moments like that in this. <laughs> uh, what does Megavolt do? He powers himself up and electrocutes Taurus Bulba. And, okay, so then we get a beautiful two-page spread yeah. of hell breaking loose. And like, a let's get dangerous. <laughs> and a let's get dangerous with the, with the word bubble surrounded in purple, because that's just how dynamic Darkwing Duck is. Uh, it's cool, though. They got Bushroot with, like, multiple arms. Like, Silvani, like, pushes Bushroot's plant nature more than any artist ever did. Like, more yeah. than the show. Like, Silvani's Bushroot has multiple arms and these long vines for arms. His Liquidator is just a living puddle. Yeah. And, and Quacker Jack has got Mecha Banana Brain and a mallet, and it's just... It's basically, what, four, five, six, seven against one. A beautiful, beautiful drawing. Yeah. So... Then we get a lot of dialogue where every character is ranting about how miserable they've been. And again, you can't really hear the characters saying that. <laughs> you can't hear the characters saying that. Um, especially he's got Liquidator again, talking like a regular person. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I know you are not a fan of that. Um, <laughs> okay, so Darkwing has a line here that's um, when you really think about it, it's really uncomfortable. Um, so the entire line is, you think this city's most extraordinary residents would just, okay, quote unquote, lie down and take it. <laughs> okay, I'm going to repeat it. Lie down and take it. Okay, he could have said take it lying down or they would stand for it, but he uses the words lie down and take it. <laughs> um, I don't think that was intentional. I don't know how you feel. <laughs> when we first realized it about an hour ago, just, just, we just died laughing. This is us subdued. <laughs> um, but, but anyway, um, we're going to say goodbye to the fearsome four because Taurus Bulba turns his rage on them. And sends them down to um, he sends them down to human resources. Uh, an HR bot, <laughs> which looks like a big gorilla in a suit, but it's a robot. <laughs> yeah, it's the HR bot of doom. <laughs> I'm gonna point out, except for um, dangerous currency, which is non-canon. This is the last time we're gonna see the fearsome four together as a functioning group. That's it. No. We have so much Darkwing Duck comic ahead of us, but because of the crazy decisions around Quacker Jack, we never see these guys together as a group again. And we're only on issue four. Isn't that sad? Yeah. This is why we need more of these comics. I mean, I don't know what's going on with our hashtag, make Darkwing comics, but um, can we make more Darkwing comics, please? <laughs> Um, just so we can get, we can finish off this story. Um, so anyway, what happens next, Tiffany? So, more Taurus Bulba dialogue. Taurus Bulba does not shut up. He is, he is monologuing this entire, entire comic. And um, he is wondering why Darkwing isn't happy about him ridding the city of crime. But Darkwing and says, I didn't want this. And then he punches Bulba out. And Goslin goes, Keen gear! And that top secret box starts to slowly light up. And then we get some a lot of backstory. And a I don't of... get this, but before that, um, you see like a TV screen and it says Tuscarini Productions proudly presents Cyber Like Me, the Ballad of Taurus Bulba. Am I missing something? Is that a reference to something? I don't know, but I guess Bulba paid Tuscanini to write his uh <laughs> to write his biopic. <laughs> like nice Tuscanini gets That's a shout a out. A but... legitimate director. <laughs> <laughs> he probably didn't even pay him. Um so our our really weird backstory actually takes us into Gyro's barn, where somehow, where it's never explained. There was an accident that destroyed Bulba's cyborg body and put him in the body of a blender. Yeah, and I'm confused as to if Gyro has been aware of that the whole time. And he calls it the Blendito. Okay, whatever. And then all of a sudden, 
in this flashback, Bulba like reforms out of the blender, and now he can travel through electronics and control them. Why? How? How did that happen? <laughs> like, how is that a thing that he can suddenly do? And they just called it an uncharacteristic mishap, and I call no way on that. You guys have to explain that. Because that doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, and that when he gets reformed, I can't tell if it's like, are those just from all parts in Gyro's like garage, or is that parts of him that were in Gyro's garage. You are not the T-1000, Bulba. You can't do this. <laughs> um, he notices the gizmo suit. He wants to know what it is. And then we see a quick shot of the gizmo suit flying out of that locked box. So now we know what that was. Um, Gyro says that a person needs to control it, but it has to be a good person with a strong sense of justice. Is that why Mama Crackshell wore that thing twice? <laughs> Come on, the lady did nothing well, but mistreat even, her son and watch soap operas. Even Fenton, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> he wasn't, he was a bean counter. <laughs> so, so Bulba wants to know the password, and Little Bulb, or Little Helper, depending on whether you prefer the cartoon <laughs> or the comics, um, tells him it's Bladderskite, but the costume won't go on to Bulba because... According to Gyro, it doesn't recognize him as a person anymore. Once again, I call no way. Stop making things up for, for plot convenience, guys. <laughs> yeah. I love these comics. I really do. But this one's a stretch. And, and then Bulba has a fit. And he says, I will take all your inventions recreate the city with them. I'll get the Gizmoduck suit somehow by forcing a lackey to say every word in the dictionary so now we know what the heck Honker was doing. And Gyro's like, I'll change the co-word if I have to. And he's like, fine, I'll let you. But he's already like a Gizmoduck suit. <laughs> Why does he need it? Like, Taurus Bulba <laughs> is not that crazy or that petty. <laughs> Um, so he flies away, and we're still not getting lots of visual references to things, but there is an ATAT -AT leg in the yeah. all the garbage that's trailing him as he flies away. Obviously, ATAT -AT from Star Wars for those who don't, who've never seen The Empire Strikes Back for some reason. <laughs> um, so anyway, the gizmo suit bursts through a wall. And goes on Goslin, and also gets a lot smaller than it used to be for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess the same thing happened when the nephews wore. That's the because Mama Crackshell shrunk it in the wash. Oh yeah. Which <laughs> also makes no sense, but that isn't a very good episode anyway. <laughs> so, whatever. Um, somebody writing those later Ducktales episodes did not want Fenton in that suit. <laughs> because there was an episode where he puts it on, and metal-eating bugs eat it right off his body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe people so, wrote in and said they missed Fenton. <laughs> we want Fenton. We don't want the cool superhero. We just want the bean counter. Um, thank God he came back in Darkwing. Um, so who does Goslin become? Gosmo Duck. Okay, I'll take it. Gosmo Duck, that's cute. Um, but Bulba is not down and out. He doesn't come back in his usual cyborg body, but in a robot with his face in a television. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
Darkwing says, hoop boy, and that's exactly how I feel. Um, <laughs> so Bob is firing lasers at them. Goslin comes in with the gizmo armor. I can totally hear Goslin saying, you want this suit so bad? Come and get it. Yeah. That is so Goslin. And she has all the crazy gizmo duck stuff, the boxing glove, the... I wish in one hand there was a skunk, a skunk. Yeah. Or, or a pie or the country fanging toast timer. <laughs> yeah. I can reference Dark, Dark DuckTales as much as I can reference Darkwing Duck. I know that to- <laughs> in and out too. <laughs> DuckTales podcast when we're done, maybe. Um, <laughs> so Launchpad goes to get the Thunderquack and what chases him? Not just the guard flamingos and <laughs> guard dogs, but the guard dogs riding the card flamingos. I think that's straight out the funniest gag in the issue. <laughs> yeah. Because it's a perfect callback. Um, so the frontal attack on Bulb is not working. Gosling gets grabbed and we get an entrance. Uh, you want to do this one? Okay. Yes, uh, I, am, I am giving you the honor of doing the entrance. <laughs> I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the monkey wrench in the quack works. <laughs> and true to the show, he doesn't get to say his name because he gets blown up in an explosion and he says, flapping in the wind. <laughs> very true to the show. I'll, I'll give the writers of all these comics this. They know how to write his entrances very well. Yeah. And um, so Bulba starts monologuing again. <laughs> again. And asks him if he's willing to die for his friends. Um, this would have worked in the show as long as Cum- Cummings hit that response, which he would have. Yeah. Darkwing says, gladly. Which gives me goosebumps. Like, I feel like that's something Darkwing would say. Yeah, that's not too far out of left field. Um, Shoots the gas gun, ricochets, hits Bulba in the back, and they both fall off the building. Or the satellite, I should say. It's the satellite they were hanging from. My second favorite gag, what happens next? <laughs> when he he falls on the thunder quack <laughs> yeah again Bulber starts monologuing and asks him what do you have that I don't and Darkwing hits the thunder quack Bulba keeps falling and Darkwing who's seeing stars and missing teeth says someone to catch me see That's I good. wasn't even necessarily a fan of that part either because it seemed too close to Darkly Dawns the Duck when he caught Goslin? Yeah. But what if it was an intentional callback? Mm, yeah. It maybe. probably wasn't, but it's it's <laughs> I I just think the the um the physical humor in it reads really well. That's why I liked it. Yeah. I mean that that panel with him falling on the thunder quack is pretty great. And the tongue sticking out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is great. Um Bulba hits the ground like King Kong falling off the Empire State Building. <laughs> I definitely had King Kong vibes in that panel where he hits the ground. Yeah. Um, but Bulb is still not dead. And monologues again. <laughs> and this is the biggest stretch where he says he built the Quackworks building out of nanotechnology. How did he get that? Um, <laughs> so that if he ever needed to blow up the building he created, he could. Okay. <laughs> so the building grows guns. And starts firing at them again. Bulba just won't go down. Um, so how does this climactic fight end? Who saves the day? 
Gosmoduck. Gosmoduck. <laughs> Look out below, Darkwing, because I'm coming to save you. <laughs> <laughs> um, she find she finds out the suit can override the crime bots. How I didn't think the Gizmo suit was that technically proficient. Yeah, that's weird too. That's a little um do a sex machina. <laughs> I mean, pushing all the buttons turns the thing into a giant inflatable wrecking ball. <laughs> I doubt Gyro knew how to override other robots. Um, but whatever. <laughs> um, she plugs into Bulba's robot body. They both get shocked. And I'm not a fan of the idea that they think Goslin's dead. Yeah. That only worked in the secret origin of Darkwing Duck because it was so stupid. <laughs> With the soda. <laughs> With the big pregnant soda belly. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is, this, it's, it's supposed to be poignant, but I feel like it just, it just, it crosses a line and gets corny. Yeah, definitely. And he, he cradles her lifeless body and says, you are always my superhero. And her eyes open and she says, likewise, dad. That's straight out of a bad direct-to-video Disney movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will admit, though, it was 20 years since Darkwing ended. They want to do something to get some sort of emotional reaction out of the reader. I do get that. But I think it goes a little too far. That's me personally. And it's not something that... The comic will do this again, but like really mean it. So, eh, any other thoughts on that one? Um, I don't know. It just seems a little, yeah, I guess there's no real like lead up to it. It's kind of just like out of nowhere. I'm sorry we're being a little negative with this one. I just feel like it's been years since I've read it. So I just feel like it doesn't hit the heights of those first three issues. Yeah. But it's still, the art is amazing, and the actual concept here, the story itself is good, but the, the pieces are not working for me. That's really what it is. Um, we end with this two-page exposition dump by <laughs> none other than Scrooge McDuck, of all people. I do really like that they have Scrooge, though. That part doesn't bother me. <laughs> no, aspects of his presence here bother me, but not this. I do like the nephews all behind him. Yeah. <laughs> who have, I guess, ascended to positions of power. Yeah, they have the suits on. <laughs> although the last time the nephews wore suits and tried to help Scrooge with his business, they totally bankrupted him. <laughs> that was an episode. Um, but he never found out about it, so I guess he doesn't know about it, so whatever. Um he says, bless me, bagpipe. So at least the writers know how to, at least Brill knows how to write him. Um, and so Scrooge goes on that, you know, cops are back on the beat. The citizens can get other jobs, blah, 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 blah. Um, we see Quackerjack and Megavolt in jail. What happens to Quackerjack? Is it the guard? Yeah, the guard yeah. grabs his mecha banana brain and rips him up, which kind of for me was a like <gasps> moment. <laughs> That's they're pushing Quacker Jack down yeah. such a dark place. <laughs> like yeah. I, oh, this wait, is, is that the, Jambalaya Jake. <laughs> yeah, but his his beard isn't colored right, so it doesn't it doesn't register as him at first. Or is it just him super old? <laughs> 
why does he get to age and nobody else does? <laughs> um, but I feel like at this point, they've pushed Quacker Jack to the point of no return as a character. Like, whenever they bring back Megavolt in future issues, and we have to wait all the way to the Joe Books comics for more Megavolt, and that's a shame, too. Um, they do right by him, but I feel like now Quacker Jack is not the same character he was on the show. So when we see him on the annual, it's going to feel very different. Um, but we'll discuss that. So here's the biggest, like, mind screw for me. Scrooge has to put someone in charge of Quackworks. And he's going on and on about how he trusts this person with his life. Darkwing thinks it's him. But who is the new head of Quackworks, Tiffany? <laughs> Launchpad. Scrooge would never put Launchpad in charge of anything. Yeah. Scrooge wouldn't put Launchpad in charge of watching a watching a snail. <laughs> because... I know the launch pad of DuckTales is slightly different from the one of Darkwing Duck, but we know that Scrooge's opinion of Launchpad is just absolutely terrible. Yeah. Like on DuckTales, it was nothing about nothing but digs at his intelligence. Like, that's all it ever was. So Scrooge the Scrooge McDuck I know would not put Launchpad in charge of a mega corporation. Yeah, I mean it just seems like it was used for the joke it's almost there with the darkwing sitting there thinking that it's going to be him but yeah it's weird you know it would have been really great if it was murray murray thwackstein <laughs> or i mean even if it was <laughs> even if it was the nephews <laughs> maybe um and this is also kind of out of character Gos Launchpad tells Goslin she can keep the Gizmo Duck suit for a while. <laughs> Doesn't he have a buddy who lives in Duckburg who needs that thing? <laughs> like Scrooge is gonna let the suit that's responsible for protecting his money bin. He's gonna leave it in St. Canard. <laughs> that's the one thing stopping the Beagle Boys from getting in. Like it's been established on the show that the Beagle Boys are afraid of Gizmo Duck. But if he wasn't there. They get in. I guess so, they have to figure out how to get it back to normal size. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the comic is leading to something that without Aaron Sparrow, it totally botches when it comes to Gizmo Duck. But but we're a ways away from it. When we finally do get back to Gizmo Duck and Fenton, they screw it up so badly. Dang it, because that has nothing to do with Aaron Sparrow. He had nothing to do with the comic from this point on. Um, the deficiencies we're going to see later are not his fault or even James Silvani's fault. They tried, but um, but anyway, it turns out they're being watched. So we get one last page. Who is watching our heroes? Negaduck and Magic of Dispel, which I love. <laughs> this is this is a funny alliance. <laughs> yeah. And we do see it says transdimensional express routes. Um, so we know that they're going to build on the Negaverse just by reading that. We know they're going to build on his experience with other dimensions. Um, I remember first seeing this, my thought was, oh, my gosh, please have Magicka and Morgana together. <laughs> well, you're getting your wish. 
So um, that's part four. And that wraps up um, uh, The Duck Knight Returns. So um, next week, we're starting a new um, story arc. It's Crisis on Infinite Dark Wings. Yay. Where things go absolutely bat spit insane. <laughs> um, <laughs> we got Morgana. We got Negaduck. We're not going to mention all the hell that breaks loose in these issues. But we do have the return of your favorite Darkwing Duck character. So I know why you're happy. <laughs> um, those These are fun issues. Not Not... Not without their share of flaws, but they're fun. So that's next week. But let's rate this issue. I'm actually super curious to see what you thought of it. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to give it a three and a half. Okay. Thoughts? Um, well, I can't, I have to rate it. Um, based on the art too, not just the story and the art was still great. Um, I think there was really awkward dialogue and yeah, just weird. I don't know stuff that didn't feel like the show, which is weird because the rest of the issues like beforehand were very much like the show. I will say, say this, this one thing about these comics. It's like probably the most truest thing of all. Every story arc doesn't know how to stick the landing. Yeah. <laughs> I find the fourth issues of every story arc to be the weakest because especially because Brill especially doesn't know how to end things without going way too big and not fleshing it out well enough. That's yeah. my big problem. And that's, that's absolutely in evidence here, but not to the same degree it's going to be. Um, yeah, and then the other thing is there isn't really much funny stuff in this one either. There's the guard flamingos. Yeah. And if you, and if you think lying down and taking it is funny. <laughs> if your mind is in the gutter, we're adults, we're old enough, but um, we're not children anymore. But I'm, I'm still immature enough to find it funny. Because I'm like that. <laughs> but you clearly you are too. Um, yeah. But that wasn't meant to be funny. So apart from the guard flamingos and the dogs riding them, there isn't really isn't humor in this. Yeah. And, and yeah, just overall kind of confusing. And the constant bulba monologuing. Yeah. I'm gonna give it a three, so slightly lower. And a lot of it is on the strength of the art. Because James Silvani is a freaking god with this comic. He is amazing. Yeah. It's a little hard to rate it any any of it super low with the art that he does. <laughs> I mean, at least for now, through the boom era, he carries the comic. He absolutely carries it. Um, by the time we get to Joe Books, the writing is on the same level of the art. Um, but for now, he's doing a lot of the heavy lifting. I think a lot of it is just the first three issues were so strong that this one just seems weaker. Yeah. But again, it's the monologuing, a lot of weird out-of-character dialoguing, um, getting rid of the fearsome force so fast and so easily, and just the really fake plot the heartstrings thing with Goslin doesn't doesn't do it for me. Yeah, and the launch pad. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Um, but you know, that's that's this issue. I gave it a three. You said it was three and a half. Yeah. Which is still good. Yeah. It's I mean, still above average. Yeah. But I, um so that's this issue. And uh I guess we're done for tonight. I hope everyone enjoyed this. I'm sorry we were a little negative, but you know, we, we <laughs> wanna be honest, right? Yep. And remember, I'm going to repeat it. We want to hear your thoughts on the Daffy versus Donald debate. <laughs> and don't just say Darkwing's better than both of them. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. I want a real debate. Um, regardless, it is Darkwing Duck we're here for. So we are the Dark the, the Darkwing Duck Files. We are the St. <laughs> Canard Files, our Darkwing Duck podcast. Uh, find us on all podcast apps, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, iTunes, Podcast Radio Public, iHeartRadio, and Pandora, and Facebook. Or you can uh, watch us on YouTube as well. If you're going to watch us on YouTube, um, subscribe. That would be wonderful. And like us, too. Um all you have to do is click. Please just click. That would be great. Um, and Tiffany, before we go, anything you want to plug or shout out to or how can we find you? Anything you want to say? Um, yeah, so I have a YouTube channel too, and it's um, Radioact Tiffany. And uh, I have an Insta- two Instagrams, um, Tiffany Silverbron and Regurgitating Gertie. And now the whole world knows, the whole world knows now what that means. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And yeah, that's it. (laughs) All right. Um, No shout outs, though. I know, I guess I'll shout out to Will. It's always nice to mention his name. He started this whole shebang. So always good to say hi to him. I hope things are well with you and your clients. And we'll see you back pretty soon. Um, And I guess that's it for tonight, Tiff. Um, until next time, guys, have a wonderful night and stay dangerous. Bye. Take care, guys. <laughs>